All right, everybody. Welcome back. We are in episode two now of the Playmakers podcast. I'm Topher. I'm Ness. Uh, thank you all for listening last week. Um, I think we're up to like 40 listens on episode one, which might not sound like a lot to you, but to me, at least that means a lot. I know my last podcast I did, the max I ever got was like 15. So 40. Uh, thank you all so much. I uh, hope please keep supporting us. Uh, it means a lot. really appreciate every view. Yeah, everything counts. A view alike means the world to us. Thank you all so much for the support. But enough of the pleasantries. Let's just jump right into this. You know what I'm saying? And where else to start but Matt Stafford trade? <laughs> he had to come to Indy. He had to come to Indy. Why didn't he come to Indy, Matthew? Please. But I know one reason why he didn't come to Indy is because the Rams gave them a king's ransom. Like, look at the details of this trade. They got the twenty, the Rams' twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three first round picks. Their twenty twenty one third round pick and Jared Goff for a thirty two year old Matt Stafford. That is a lot of assets. And then, if you think about it, if he, if they got that much for Matthew Stafford, who's thirty two years old, but still got really good time mm-hmm. out of him. Didn't the Texans want like two first rounds, two second rounds, and two defensive starters? Yes. Trademark for these quarterbacks. I mean, you said you want the Colts to get for Stafford. Like, it's going to cost you. It is a big old price. I think for some of these win now teams, maybe it's just better to go for the draft. And we'll talk more about those draft quarterbacks. I have some stuff I want to share about Mac Jones, but back to Stafford. What does this do for the R for the Rams? Matt Stafford instead of Jared Goff. What does that do to the Rams? Well, let's see. They got Matthew Stafford throwing them no look passes for years before <laughs> Pat Mahomes entered even entered the league. He got he got throwing dimes all the way to Calvin Johnson in the end zone. I mean, he got the experience, he got the arm, he got the talent, and now he's got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh um Cam Akers, Jefferson, Tyler Higby. He's got Cam Akers in the backfield. And then he's got that killer defense with Aaron Donald mm-hmm. and Ramsey. What's the, what are the two things that he never had consistently in Detroit? A run game and a defense. And what is Sean McVay best at? The run game. And what did they have the best of this past season? Defense. I mean, it should, should work well for him, right? I mean, he is 32. So maybe he starts to decline, especially since so much of his game is how physically dominant he is. But the past season, he was still great. He's still great. Uh, I have these past stats here, right? Threw for over 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions for a pretty terrible Detroit team who didn't have most of their receivers all the year. That's pretty darn good. So Detroit's completely retooling. Um, they get an extra – they have a top I 10 think, pick. They have I the, think they're going to take Zach Wilson in the draft and then have him sit behind Jared Goff and learn from him. Learn from Jared Goff? Yeah, Gross. which is upsetting for Zach. All right, but do you think this was a good trade for them, for Detroit? I mean, Jared Goff is a completely different quarterback than Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. He's less dynamic. He's got a strong arm still, to be fair. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's still relatively young. Yeah, but I mean, after outside of that one year where they made the Super Bowl, it really hasn't worked for them, though. Yeah. I'm not sure why. There's been some injuries. Uh, the run game had a few years where it wasn't quite as good. 
You remember when they got rid of Todd Gurley and still did fine? <laughs> and how? But even that one season, it was like almost all play action. Mm-hmm. Almost all of his passing success was predicated on Todd Gurley in the run game. And they don't have that in Detroit. Unless something seriously changes, if they get some good offensive linemen somehow. I mean, if you get a good quarterback coach for Jared Goff, which I mean, I'm not saying he had a bad quarterback coach in LA because you know there's no shortage of good coaches there yeah you can see they have one of the best defenses they have one of the best and one of the youngest coaches in league history yeah and uh, their quarterback coach from that Super Bowl year if I'm not mistaken um, Zach Taylor I believe he was their quarterback coach year that year they made the Super Bowl or the year before and he's the coach in Cincinnati now Mm -hmm. and he looks okay question mark TV. I mean, yeah, we got to wait for Joe Burrow. So he's had good guys, but maybe it just wasn't the right fit for him. Yeah. But I don't see how this current fit is any better because the Lions are a joke. I mean, you saw that press conference with their new head coach, Dan Campbell. He said, we're going to bite you in the knees. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the strength and conditioning coach or some other like low-level assistant in New Orleans, mm-hmm. which is complete sham. Yeah. I don't know who they can hire who will make Jared Goff yeah. magically good again. Talking about head coach press conferences, did you see the Nick Sirianni one? Oh, Philadelphia? Oh, oh my God. What's, what, would, what would you say is the most toxic fan base to their team in the league? Would you say the Eagles? To their team? Yes. Um, Eagles probably a fair, fairest shout that I can think of. Like, the man just started. Give him a break. But that press conference was really bad. I mean, yeah, but some coaches – I mean, some coaches are just great at, at the press conference. Bill Belichick says nothing. I, I guess. I mean, I mean, he says nothing, but yet he's still the best coach in NFL history. Yeah, I know. But, but I mean, not, the way he says nothing is a lot more quality than the way – he said his press conference. It's a way to phrase it. But I guess he interviews well. That's why they didn't hire Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> oh, God. Poor Eric. He's going to call plays in the Super Bowl. Back-to-back years, Eric Bieniemy will be the play caller for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So that excuse that he's not the play caller, he's not leading the offense, so that's why he's not head coach, that doesn't work. I don't know. It's some... It's some trash. And he played for the Eagles. Yeah. He was the Eagles running back. Yeah. I don't know. That seems like it'd be perfect. I guess they just don't want to go back to the Andy Reid tree because Doug Peterson was also Andy Reid guy. I don't know. Whatever. That's it. Talking about the quarterback subject. Yeah. Who who do you see out there besides Deshaun Watson and possibly A-Rod? Guys that could be on the move? Yeah. It's interesting. Well, it depends what these teams, if how aggressive they get for like Deshaun Watson potentially. Like, could Jimmy Garoppolo get traded from San Francisco for uh, as part of a Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers trade? Um, I saw one hypothetical. This wasn't like a rumor or anything. This is just a hypothetical situation of like, what if the Browns offer like Baker Mayfield in a first round pick, something like that. Oh, Baker roasted a fan. Did you see that? Baker roasted a fan for them being like, hey, let's get Deshaun Watson up in here and get a Super Bowl. And <laughs> it was like, yo, 
for real. Um, I got you to the playoffs for the first time in <laughs> what what was it, 15 years? Something like that. It was since 2003, and I think. And then a playoff win. Mm-hmm. Like first time in like 25 years. 25 years. The disrespect. Um, other quarterbacks, like Cam Newton. No, I'm is a I'm free not, agent, even though we're I'm pretty sorry. low. We were pretty if you listen last week, we were pretty low on Cam Newton. <laughs> we don't expect much yeah. out of him. Um, I I will I will be very upset with Chris Ballard if he decides to bring Cam Newton to Indy. Well, if you can't get a quarterback in the draft and you can't trade for like Deshaun Watson or something like that, he might be your best free agent option. I'm thinking Sam Darnold. Trade for Sam Darnold? Mm-hmm. Which, okay, that's another name, Sam Darnold. If the Jets want Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or one of those other guys in the draft. You're dumb if you don't take Justin Fields. What? You're dumb if you don't take Justin Fields. Honestly, the people who pick Zach Wilson or what, like whoever ahead of him are just dumb. I saw one mock draft. I think this was the NFL Network guy's mock draft. Um, he had Justin Fields as like the third quarterback, third or fourth quarter. I think he had the fourth quarterback taken. You know, you know who I would take first? Kyle Trask. <laughs> oh, poor Kyle. Poor Kyle. All right. Let's go back to the Sean Watson because he officially requested a trade, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he submit that in last week, but uh, this is, there's an interesting quote. Like right after that, from his GM, uh, Nick Casario, I don't know how to pronounce that. Sorry, Texans GM. He said, I want to, ju- I just want to reiterate our commitment to Deshaun Watson. We have zero interest in trading the player. We have a great plan and vision for him. We are currently, we look forward to spending more time with him. So you got players who they don't want to trade, who are demanding trades or rumored with trades. How do you see this happening with Deshaun? Because he wants out. The problem is, if they don't want to trade him, if he sits, boom, fine him 50K. Do you think it comes to that? I mean, I don't see any – I mean, Deshaun Watson loves the game of football. He you loves can it. tell that by the mm-hmm. fire guy every time he gets steps on the field. He mm-hmm. loves the game of football, and he wants, he wants to do everything in his power to be able to win mm-hmm. and, you know, succeed because – He's amazing at the game of football as well. He's one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Come up, he's up there with Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely, Lamar Jackson. Everyone's talking about Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, but no one ever talks about Deshaun Watson just because he's on the Texans. Yeah, Deshaun Watson easily a top five quarterback, easily. But he like on social media, he deleted all references to the Texans. Doesn't say anything in his bio, Houston Texans quarterback. He doesn't have a picture of him as the Texans as his bio as his like main picture anymore. Like the man wants out. And if they were acting in good faith, they would let him out. Mm-hmm. But I'm worried they're not acting in good faith. I think they're gonna force him to stay, even if teams come in with good offers, like two or three first round picks and a starter. Like eight total draft picks, two first, two seconds, something like that. There's gonna hold him hostage. He might like hold out for training camp or whatever. But I, it almost feels like he's gonna be forced to stay in Houston against his will. If he holds out during training camp, why not just, you know, have have the backup take the reins? I mean, who is their backup? 
Yeah, AJ McCarron and Josh McCown. Josh McCown is so old he can barely move and is basically just an assistant coach, just practice squad guy. So he's not going to start. I, and AJ McCarron is just bad. So, I mean, they both have equal leverage here. Because, Karen, if you're watching this, we have nothing against you. AJ McCarron, you're great. Just not an NFL starting caliber quarterback. Not if Deshaun Watson's on the team. Absolutely not. So I don't see if Sean Watson wants out, you can get a legitimately great asset for him. You could get like the number two pick and then draft a legitimate franchise caliber rookie quarterback. Perhaps you can trade for a good starter draft like pick? Jimmy G. What? What's the first draft pick that Houston has? Oh, Houston doesn't have any draft picks. Oh. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, no, they traded all their draft picks. Well, at least none of their top draft picks because they traded it for Laramie Tunsil to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins have their third overall pick. So they can't, like, they have no leverage here. They can't just go out and draft somebody. They need to trade Sean Watson and they just retool and not piss them off. All right. Anything else you have to say about Sean Watson? Free him. He's yes, a free him. Texans, if anyone on the Texans <laughs> higher ups find this, get this trend on Twitter. Hashtag free Deshaun Watson. Go free Deshaun. Poor guy. Don't be a jerk, Texans. If he wants out, you pissed him off. It's your fault. Let him walk free. Don't be jerks. He gave everything to your franchise. He's a great guy. You pissed him off by having a terribly run organization. Fix this. Let him go. Restart. All right. So I mentioned earlier, I want to talk about Mac Jones. And I do have some things to say. So he was at the Senior Bowl this past week in Mobile. He didn't play in the game. He had picked up a little ankle injury like in one of the practices. So he didn't play in the game, but he was there at practice uh, for the American team because they had American and national instead of North and South, like they always do. Don't ask me why. Um, so Matt Rule, the Panthers head coach, who was coaching the American team, uh, he had this to say, uh, quote, the fact that he's here, I think it speaks a lot to who he is. You get a chance to see his intelligence. He makes really quick decisions. He processes information quickly, highly intelligent. He's an alpha He's the first guy in the practice field, the first guy in the runnings. So very high praise from Matt Rule of the Panthers, and they have a top 10 pick in need at quarterback. We know how good it was at Alabama. Do you think he's a legitimate top 10 pick caliber NFL starting quarterback? No. Why not? Half his team at Alabama were all pro. Uh, were all pro. Like What's legitimate first-round guys? Yes. His linemen – Najee Harris, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. He got everyone. He had everyone. You throw in Steve Sarkeesian's best play calling in a decade? I don't know. It's I, I do. A part of me believes that. A part of me buys into the Mac Jones hate because I he seems really boring. And he's not like an impressive athlete. Uh, he, he's like if Joe Burrow is shorter and less fun. But the stats are pretty undeniable he completed almost 80 percent of his passes for an entire college football season is that's the highest this year yeah it's ridiculous he had 41 touchdowns and four interceptions if you think about it half of those were dump offs and check downs to Najee Harris yes I understand there were dump offs there were screen passes there were he would throw a five-yard slant to Jalen Waddle and then Jalen Waddle takes it another 60 I get all that that is part of the equation but Let's not act like he was only throwing screens. The man did have a pretty legit vertical game at Alabama. There are plenty of times where you have like John Mechie or whoever 
running deep down the field. He just throws a dot, 30-yard strike. I mean, he has that in his bag. But I don't know. Something about it just feels wrong, right? He, the thing about Alabama is they don't develop quarterbacks well. That's, they that's have yet I'm to saying. develop quarterbacks well. You know what I'm saying? Tua? Tua? Again, I love Tua. I said it last week. I love Tua. I think he's good. But He's a good quarterback. He, Nick Saban just doesn't develop quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, you saw it with the Dolphins. We all thought he was great, right? He looked like a pretty sure thing. And plays this year at Miami and uh, doesn't go well. So it doesn't go great. He went okay. AJ McCarron, we talked. We we gave him a little smack earlier. No disrespect. He wasn't a great NFL quarterback. Mm-mm. They found ways to win perfectly fine without quarterbacks. Jacob Coker comes to mind. Blake Sims comes to mind. So I guess an Alabama quarterback does kind of raise a red flag, huh? Like if you th- if you think about it, what running backs from Alabama are? I guess Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. Um, Wide receivers. Julio, Calvin Julio. Ridley, Devonta Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, now that we think about this criticism with Mac Jones, maybe we should have given two of the same stick because he was playing with four first round wide receivers. Yeah. At the same time, his top four receivers were all legit first round talents and will all be first round picks. That is ridiculous. Plus, like three ish, two or three, like at least, like his entire offensive line will get drafted, if not all, yeah. like top three round draft picks. So this year, I think Patrick Sertan is the, is the best Alabama prospect. Um, the corner Devonta Smith after Devonta after Devonta don't disrespect Devonta man a lot of people are weirdly low on Devonta Smith it's because of that one picture with him on the sideline (laughs) it's all the way up to his belly button (laughs) insert if you're watching Topher will insert the picture right 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 now right (laughs) Devonta Smith skinny boy Devonta Smith the slim reaper the Slim Reaper, right? But, I mean, he is he is slight, but he's strong, though. My you know? dude's legs and arms look like Slim Jims. Yes, he is, like, disgustingly skinny, like, distressingly thin, but the man has – he's strong. He can break a tackle, take a hit. Yeah, I don't know. Mac Jones, though. Um, uh, he does everything right, but I just can't yeah, – I struggle to buy him. We'll I, see. I really wish he had played in the senior bowl game because I think putting him in the same exact situation with a bunch of random receivers who aren't Alabama and see how he compares versus Kellen Mond, Ian Book, and those other guys who were there at the senior bowl, I thought it would have been really interesting to see how he does in that weird environment when he doesn't have the high-tailored Alabama system that he knows like the back of his hand that has all these receivers he's been with for four-plus years. It would have been really interesting but he he had a good week of practice in that situation. To be fair, he won. He, the team voted him quarterback of the week. So <clears throat> if he goes in the top ten, I won't be surprised. But I'll be a little little sus. <laughs> uh, I also have in my notes. You mentioned him earlier. Another draftable quarterback from the SEC, the one who had the better statistical regular season. My man, the legend from Manville, Texas. Kyle Trask, where's the man's draft hype? What happened? It's gone. Like, but why? No one's disrespect. 
everyone's Trevor Lawrence. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, my God, Justin Fields. Zach Wilson. Oh, my God. Mac Jones. What? Get Mac Jones out of here. It should Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Kyle Trask, then Zach Wilson. <laughs> I'm sorry, Zach Wilson. I get it. You're the mobile quarterback, but Kyle Trask just has the arm talent. I, I just, I'm just going to say it. Kyle Trask has a better arm talent than maybe even Justin Fields. I'm, well, there are, two, there, are, there are different things I would consider arm talent. So as far as the ability to just throw it hard, throw it far, like that, this, that pure strength, nobody touches Trevor Lawrence in this class. That man has an absolute piss missile attached to his arm. But Kyle Trask, he doesn't have to, he can't just like whip it, but he's got such beautiful touch. Like he's that, accurate with it, though. He is accurate, and he's got decision-making is His decision-making is what makes me think that he's better than Justin Fields because Justin Fields, once he gets outside the hashes, he doesn't know what to do. So he just off. I think and, that's probably why people are kind of low on him, right? You know, it's because he does have the tendency to make some bad decisions. And then people, people are low on Kyle Trask because you got quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson who can move, but Kyle Trask is just a, an ordinary pocket passer like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. You know, on that comp, when I watched him at Florida, I kind of thought of Tom Brady. You know, this big dude doesn't move that well, but he knows how to get around in the pocket. He knows he when to knows step up. To he knows when to put it down and just run. Yeah, he, he, he knows how to make smart decisions in the pocket. He doesn't take a lot of bad sacks, typically. He, does, he makes some mistakes. You know, he's still, what, like 23, 24. He's still a kid. Yeah. But he makes good decisions most of the time. He can put it on a line. He knows how to throw a ball where only his receiver can get it. He knows how to let his receivers make plays. I mean, oh, there yeah. are plenty of times where it was like a 50-50 ball up, but he knows he has Kyle Pitts in there. So he lets his guy just make a play, you know? Got Kyle Pitts, Trayvon Grimes. Trayvon Grimes was a big, yeah. big I can think of one. It was against Georgia. He threw this beautiful deep ball to Trey Grimes, back of the end zone, just back shoulder. Just kiss. Only his guy's going to get that ball. But Trayvon Grimes had like, I don't know how how much on that cornerback. <laughs> like a foot and a half. It's <laughs> just is a monster. He's huge. Yeah. Honestly, if you need it, if your team needs a little bit of a bigger threat, if you, if your team needs a red zone guy, get Trey Grimes. You'll do yourself a favor. And I, I I can I know people have made a similar argument to that with Mac Jones of well he had this great team around him and he did he did have a good team around him. Kyle Pitts is a legit stud. Kadarius Tony is a legit stuff. Florida didn't have a running game. They had no running game. They had zero running game and an awful defense. A terrible defense and an offensive line that was mediocre. They were fine. They got the job done for the most part, but again, no running game. The only part of that team that was good, I would say, is the quarterback and the wide receivers. Yes, assuming you're lopping in Kyle Pitts with the wide receivers. Yeah, plus Kyle Pitts. Yeah, those were pretty much the only thing that works. Oh, Kyle, shout out the specialists. Kyle Pitts reminds me of George Kittle. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I don't think he's quite as like George Kittle can now busy. block. George Kittle could not block before. Kyle really? Pitts can block. Kyle Pitts. I don't know if that's fair. He's he's not well, like a dominating blocker, but he's okay. he's fine. He's not a he's not the best blocking tight end. Yeah, which I think if he bulks up a little more. 
you could use him as that double. George Kittle was not good at blocking when he entered the league. Mm-hmm. He took that offseason to focus on blocking because he already had his catching and running down. Mm-hmm. You got to you gotta get that blocking. George Kittle, once he picked that up, boom, he enjoyed blocking. He loved pancaking people. Like, there was that one clip of how he pancaked someone into the end zone, and then he, he you see him just laughing at it. <laughs> But you need that out of a good tight end, right? The guy who's just willing to do the dirty work. I love George Kittle. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Hope maybe hope Kyle Pitts is definitely that level of receiving talent, if not better. That man's just a legit like number two wide receiver who's also 250 pounds. Um, Where do you think Kyle Pitts goes in the draft? Where? Uh, probably in the teens, if I had to guess. Where he should go is in the top ten. I have no qualms saying he's easily a top 10 talent, but he probably won't go to like 13, 15, something like that. Mostly just because positional value. People will see, well, if he is a tight end, I can't take him high, even though he's more than a tight end. And if he is like a tight end, if he is a tight end, but he's like a Travis Kelsey tight end, yeah. a George Kittle tight end, as you say, a guy who will get you 10 catches a game if you need him to. True superstar. All right, back to Kyle Trask, because I do want to give him more shout because no one else is talking about him. God damn it, we will do it for him. We'll give him his pub. Um, I think a team like Pittsburgh, Tampa, maybe Indy, these teams to have well-established teams. Like they have well-established rosters. They are built around a pocket passer already, but that quarterback is either gone in terms of Indy or on the way out in terms of Tampa and Pittsburgh. And yes, I know Tom Brady's still great. I'm not, I'm not questioning that, but he is going to retire next couple years, no matter how good he is, because he will get to a point where he just has to call quits. Why not learn from the best? Exactly. Give him a year or two to learn from Tom Brady or from Big Ben and then slot him in. Like it, it will be seamless. And I, I think the Colts. Look at that O line. Contrast to the Colts? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's you a good it could work. But they're kind of a win-now team, like win this or next year. If they don't. Window might pass. You think, you think they should be more – well, how about this? What if you go out and get a win-now quarterback like – you said Ryan Fitzpatrick, I guess? No, I, I no, no, not Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I, I don't think he would. he's good enough to take him to a Super Bowl run on a Super Bowl run. Um, I don't, I don't know. Playoffs, definitely. I'm trying to think like a legitimate win now quarterback. I, I, the Colts have a good team. I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not fanboying over the Colts, but the Colts have a really good team. Yeah, they are legitimately really good. I think Kyle Trask is a good enough. I think he's like a low floor, or sorry, high floor, low ceiling kind of prospect. I think he steps in and is a quality starter from day one, even if he never reaches, like, MVP level. So maybe he's not Tom Brady, but what if he's, like... Jared Goff. Oof. What if he's, like, uh, Andy Dalton? People will give that slack, but Andy Dalton, we forget, was a good quarterback. He made a couple Pro Bowls. He led the team to the playoffs. He won a lot of games. You know? The ginger slinger. Or the red rifle. The red rifle? Yeah. 
Or how about Matt Ryan? I know he did have one MVP season, but outside of that, like he could be a Matt Ryan caliber player. I, I don't see any reason why that's impossible. All right, we'll get back to football stuff, talk about the Super Bowl, talk about NFL honors. But I do want to talk about some quick NBA stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I realized uh, after our show last week, we were talking about the best teams in the East. We completely forgot about the Sixers. <laughs> oh, dark horse, the Sixers. They have been the best team this season. They have the number one seed in the East. Uh, Joel Embiid's playing like a legit uh, MVP caliber player. Doc Rivers has got it cooking. So sorry, Sixers. We forgot about you guys. All of you are thinking about Kyrie Irving with James Harden and Kevin Durant up in Brooklyn. Yeah. Joel Embiid is playing like an absolute monster. Yeah, the guys, he's just playing great. And and, uh, I saw Ben Simmons' stats. He's not scoring the way you'd want him to. But he's still providing he ridiculous assist numbers. What was that? He worked on his threes this offseason. Yeah, he's shooting it at like 10% instead of zero. Last week, I saw him airball it twice in a hey, in game. Hey. Him actually shooting it instead of shying away from it is improvement. Plus, he's still got, again, as I said, he's got that rebounding and the playmaking. It's, it's like Giannis. If you could insert that clip of Giannis absolutely airballing after the Nets leave him absolutely butt naked wide open. <sighs> All right. So, sorry, Sixers. Great team. I wanted to give them their shout out because we completely left them in, out in the cold. Uh, all right. Let's, we talked about these teams a little bit last week. I do want to talk about them a little more. Somehow, some way, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks are viable playoff contenders oh, yeah. early part of the season. If you look if you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, though, it's Colin Sexton and then all big men. <laughs> <laughs> you got Colin Sexton, you got JaVale McGee, you got Andre Drummond, and you have Jared Allen. <laughs> you have three centers on the team. Those are probably their best players, two through four. Hey, it's working. They have a top ten, uh, top ten uh, defense. They have the top ten. Uh, Colin Sexton in the league. What? Oh, sorry. What? Colin Sexton. Sorry, I meant offense. <laughs> uh, you know they have a top ten scoring defense. Their offense is kind of bad, but Colin Sexton's up over twenty, like almost twenty five points a game. He is their scoring machine. He could be an all star this year. Mm-hmm. Question mark. I voted for him. Yeah, I mean, hey, voting, voting for NBA All Stars. We'll put the link in the description. Go yeah. vote for your All Star. It better be uh, Dame Lillard and Game Time. I don't really care who else you vote. Chef Curry. Chef Curry's balled out. Yes, Steph Curry. Uh, he's just back, back to his best. That's a beautiful thing. Honestly, all right. I do. I know we were talking about the Knicks and the Cavs, and I do want to get back to them, but. Talk about the Warriors real quick. They are back to like the fun Warriors, the before Kevin Durant Warriors, back when hell like yeah. we liked yeah. them, like the time they beat the Cavs, and it was like hell yeah, Warriors beat the Cavs, let's go. Before they got toxic, because now they're just having fun. It's just Steph Curry doing crazy Steph have, Curry things. Yeah, and you see, Dream, I I'm actually liking Draymond Green. You never thought it would happen, Toby. I'm actually liking Draymond Green. Like, do you see that clip? Coaching James Wiseman every chance he gets. James Wiseman, he's gonna be an all star. He's gonna he's gonna be an all star. I'm just gonna say it now. Did you see that clip from the post game press conference against the Pistons, where they roasted a <laughs> they roasted that, that random Magruder guy? 
Rodney. Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so good. That was fun. See, if that happened like two years ago when they still had Kevin Durant or easily the best team in the league, that would have pissed me off. I would have been like, oh, Draymond Green, you toxic. But I don't know. They they have hey, but like Clay Thompson did it too. I don't know. Something about it. Not having Kevin Durant, being a little scrappier, just having fun out there. It makes me like them so much more. Yeah, Chef Curry is in the kitchen. No. He, when Steph's he, their number one, the Warriors are so much more into him. And that man is a freak. One of the most revolutionary players in the game. I love to watch the Warriors play just because Steph Curry is so exciting. Mm-hmm. He, he is must-watch entertainment. All right. The team I did want to talk about, they're a little less exciting, but I want to talk about the Knicks. I don't know what's going on. Why are they good? Or competent? I mean, I think I think when they – did they – didn't they hire – Tom new, Thibodeau. Yeah. I think, I think he just completely flipped the script. I mean, they are – they have that classic Tibbs defense. And I think I think Obi Toppin being added mm-hmm. just kind of gave them a little, you know. A little juice. A little, little, little little juice. And then also. Because they didn't have a young team. They had. They had some. They have their young guys. They have like Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson, all those guys. But, you know, with the new, like, they had, they, they're having like a new, like, spurt of life with young players like Obi rj julius randall's young right julius randall he's i don't actually know how old he is he's young ish but he's having a career year he does still turn the ball over a lot but he's up over 20 points 10 rebounds shooting the ball at over 40 percent good for him good for them when was the last time a Knicks player got a triple double i have no idea is it mellow probably not it was probably like uh, for all i know it's julius randall you know because triple doubles are just a thing that happened these days. I remember back in like 2012, triple doubles were like the coolest, rarest thing ever. And then Russell Westbrook happened. It was like, holy smokes. And then everyone else also started doing it. It was like, oh, okay, I guess that's a thing. <laughs> we need to like disnormalize how crazy triple doubles are. Triple doubles are ridiculously impressive. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double for two straight seasons, and people were just like, yeah, it is what it is. It's just how we do it. <laughs> that is ridiculous to me. All right. Oh. All right, we're, uh, for the audience, we record this show on Mondays. So yesterday, the Wizards beat the Nets. And not only is that crazy because the Wizards are horrible, The way do you see the way they did it? Yeah. You see a sequence <laughs> at the end? Bradley Beal hits the three. And then whoever that guy is, 25 or whatever, that one guy, he gets the steal, gets it to Russ, who is a terrible shooter, just drains the clutch three. And he was banged up. He said he was banged up like that whole second half. And he's still just, there, I got it. He's like, I got the shot. Bradley Beal's face at the end. (laughs) If you're watching the podcast on YouTube, Topher's going to insert a picture of Bradley Beal's face after they won that game because it was like a, a it was like a child in a candy store i mean bradley beal man he, he's had a ridiculous season he's at like 35 points a game or something ridiculous but they've won three of them <laughs> you think you think bradley Beal's gonna win mvp even though he's on a crap team no no he's not gonna win mvp he might win the scoring title he'll be an all-star maybe even an all-star starter but 
I think they're going to give it to LeBron. They should, man. LeBron's always the MVP. They just don't give it to him because they don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to mix it up. Okay, but Giannis didn't deserve MVP last year. 100%. Hey, if the season keeps going this way, they'll give it to Joel Embiid. You know what I'm saying? Giannis did not play good basketball in the bubble. The bubble didn't count for the MVP, though. Well, they picked from a normal season? Yeah, it was just the regular. It was the season before the bubble. <laughs> Still, he wasn't doing his best. Uh, do you have any more NBA stuff? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Thank you for our... Oh, oh. Shout out to Damian Lillard. Clutch. Shout out Damian Lillard. Clutch buckets. Love that guy. Rip City, baby. Rip City. That's how we do it. All right. So this weekend, we have two big football things. Of course, there's the Super Bowl, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. There's not that much I want to talk about with the Super Bowl because it's kind of a given what it's going to be. But I do want to talk about the other thing, and that is NFL honors. So we're going to make some picks here for our NFL honors selections. Let's start defensive rookie of the year. Who you got? I personally want to give a shout out to my rookie cult safety, Julian Blackman, because he made plays this year, but I think defensive rookie of the year is going to go to Chase Young, undoubtedly. Yeah, it's got to be Chase Young. The man is a freak. The man is an absolute monster on the field. He loves to compete. He loves the game of football. He loves loves what he does, too. So, I mean, if you have a passion for something, you got a fire in your heart, like Aaron Donald. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, JJ Watt, you know, he's going to be one of the greater. He's is absolutely the... that level of player. He just gets mm-hmm. after the quarterback. He is a freak, man. Washington or... attitude in the in the divisional hmm? against going up against Tom Brady. No wild card. Yeah, that was fun stuff. All right, offensive rookie of the year. Even though I think it should be Justin Herbert because he had a magnificent and one-of-a-kind rookie season. Should go to Jonathan Taylor. Why? I think, I mean, he had a a 1,000-plus yards rushing this season. He had 10 touchdowns. And it's not easy coming in as a rookie, as a backup. He was the third string because it was Marlon Mack. It was Naheem Hines at second, second string. And then Jonathan Taylor. But then they put Jonathan Taylor in after Marlon Mack got injured. And he just came in and he balled out. Yeah, he didn't have an like, amazing season like James Robinson, who's another amazing undrafted free agent rookie. Never draft a running back high. But Jonathan Taylor really proved himself this season, and I think he should get defensive or offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. Um, I also could see an argument for Justin Jefferson the Vikings receiver. He was one of the top receivers in the league, pro bowler, star. But I'm ultimately going to give my offensive rookie of the year to Justin Herbert of the Chargers, one of the best rookie quarterback seasons we've seen. I I mean, a lot of people, myself included, didn't expect very much from Justin Herbert this season. We expect him to be on the bench most of the year. If he did play, I mean, he was probably going to look rough. But he completely, completely, he was like the best thing of that team. He's arguably their best player. And they, they were one of the best teams in the league statistically top 10 offense top 10 defense they were great they couldn't win games because chargers gonna do what chargers gonna do 
but big, great quarterback. Awards or quarterback awards. Justin Herbert, great foundation. He's got a great offensive coordinator coming his way. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Back to NFL honors. We don't want to yes. keep ranting about coaches. <laughs> uh, offensive player of the year. You know who I'm going to say. Crazy eyes, Derrick Henry. Yes, absolutely. The beast, the freak. I don't know what his actual nickname is, but the man is a monster in all the best Henry ways. In the flesh. Woo woo. <laughs> Big trust, Derrick Henry. I mean, this dude's ridiculous. I don't I've never seen a running back be this durable and this able to go. Because his I saw the best stat I saw. He's huge. He's he's the size of a lineman, but he runs almost <laughs> That's is Tyreek Hill. I mean, not definitely not, but you know, you know what I mean. The best stat of uh, Derrick Henry that I saw is him rushing just after halftime. His stats just in the third and fourth quarters would have been top five in the league in rushing yards. <laughs> like that's ridiculous. How does he get so good when everyone else gets tired? Because he plays the most physical position. He gets hit the hell out of like 30 carries a game. And he's just like, I'm good, coach. Give me another one. Let me eat. <laughs> he's a freak. And then, you, as you said, he's got that breakaway speed too. Yeah. It's insane. It's respect. That acceleration that he has, he's so light on his feet too. He's, you wouldn't expect someone so big to be so light on their feet. But he, he somehow is. It's insane. The man is a freak of nature. Brain twin sketchers twinkle toes. <laughs> I don't know how this guy works, but Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans, one of the newest member of the 2000 yards club, one of the most ridiculous achievements you get in professional sports. He's one of a kind. He is the second Titan to do it. First one was. Wasn't it Chris Johnson? Chris Johnson, CJ2K. Hoping he's doing well. Tennessee Titans legend. All right. Defense player of the year. I was thinking of, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, defense player of the year? Yeah. You know, there's so many amazing players on the defense this year. I mean, it's all about offense these days. That's what everyone says. But you got to give credit to defenses that can keep points low and keep their teams in the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You got players like TJ, you got players like Aaron Donald, JJ Watt, Jalen Ramsey, you got Justin Simmons in Denver, who unfortunately couldn't do anything because Denver is an absolute train wreck. You got you got Jesse Bates, but all right, all right. I think stop I think, putting around the question. Who's your defensive player of the year? Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. The Browns had one of the most underrated offenses in the league. Any defenses? Defenses. They got good dudes. Miles Garrett, I mean, people Is meme the hell out of him because of the stupid Steelers thing last year. <laughs> it's whatever. Honestly, that's it's a gross, bad thing, but it's whatever. Bygones are bygones. He came back better than ever. Great season for Miles Garrett. That is not who I picked. I took the safe choice of Aaron Donald defensive tackle of the Rams because no player on a defense makes as much of an impact as that dude. That dude is ridiculous. 
he's got to be at least a top three defensive tackle of all time, if not the best offensive interior lineman of all time. Play, didn't he play uh, on a fractured rib in the playoffs? Yes, he did, and he was still trucking out there. The man is tough as nails and ridiculous. He had 13 and a half sacks despite getting double, triple team all the time. He's got hands that are so fast and so strong. He's just a freak, freak of nature. What a great player he is. So, tackle so... should train with knives like he does. <laughs> it's it... words cannot express how ridiculous Aaron Donald is. So he he should join that three time defense player of the year club. He is that good. All right, before we get to MVP, coach of the year. I'm gonna go Sean McDermott. Buffalo Bills. Why? They had the most disappointing season last season. But Sean McDermott with that huge trade with the Vikings, with Stefan Diggs, that pickup with Gabriel Davis out of UCF. Making, it was, getting Josh Allen better. Josh Allen. I You can't give Josh Allen all the credit because – but – but Sean McDermott really stepped it up this year. Yeah, respect. And he respect. had us all believing that his team could be one of the best teams in recent years mm-hmm. and last year's Super Bowl winner. And they gave it a fair shot. I know the final score was a little different. They had moments. They had chances. They made it to the AC title game. Not a lot of teams can do that. So respect Sean McDermott. I went with another direction. I had a lot of dudes in my honorable mentions. Uh, Sean McDermott was a guy. I want to give a shout to Ron Rivera. Situation in Washington is really weird, really bad. Team's kind of a train wreck, terrible ownership, pretty just trash organization all around. The guy comes in while fighting cancer, leads him to the playoffs, nearly gets a win with Taylor Heineke, at quarterback. So much respect to Ron Rivera, what he did this season. I also put Bruce Arians on there. I know we all kind of expected them to be good, but regular season, they were like what we expected, a good playoff team, not much more than that. If we included playoffs in awards, I would probably give it to Bruce Arians with the way he's worked with his team, worked with Tom Brady. But for my regular season and coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski of the Browns. And I know they had a good foundation in Cleveland. They were pretty solid last year, even if disappointing. But to finally break the Cleveland jinx, if you will, to finally put the pieces together and be a competent winning football team in a, in Cleveland with the Cleveland Browns is something I thought I would never see, to be honest with you. Like the Browns in the playoffs is something that my mind can't fathom because last time they made the playoffs, I was born and not able to fathom existence. Yeah. So seeing him being able to do that, make it to the playoffs and then win a game. So much respect. Kevin Stefanski is my NFL coach of the year. Wait, what year were you born? 2003. No, it was 2002. The, the even season. worse. Even worse. Poker wasn't born when <laughs> playoffs when they last made the playoffs. Yeah. I was born. I was born that year. So, so much respect, Cleveland. The Haslam's are doing God's work with their sports teams. Columbus Crew, uh, MLS champions. Cleveland Browns finally making the playoffs and winning a game. All right, the big Kahuna MVP. You got. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. That's my argument. As from a pure talent, ability, quarterback, quarterbacking. Oh, hell yeah. 
he is one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen because, you know, I'm only 18 years old. So Frank, quite frankly, in my opinion, he's more fun to watch than Tom Brady, who just sits in the pocket and dumps it off. Absolutely. I think he's, uh, I, I think he, he's up there with Ben Roethlisberger and uh, Philip Rivers and Tom Brady. Right, who are we kidding? He's better than those guys. Except maybe Tom, Tom Brady, the only guys of, of this past whatever that you can, I will, you can argue above him are Brady because the Super Bowls and all the ridiculous stuff and Peyton Manning. Aaron Rodgers makes Patrick Mahomes look like some amateur. All right, let's not disrespect Pat Mahomes, but Aaron Rodgers does a lot of that same kind of stuff. Disrespecting Patrick Mahomes, but Aaron Rodgers has been doing it for much, much longer than Patrick Mahomes. A lot of that similar kind of crazy stuff, man. And I'm I'm not bringing anything to Patrick Mahomes' name, but Aaron Rodgers outplayed him this year absolutely Aaron Rodgers did the most mm-hmm. if you may their their team went out and drafted a quarterback in the first round and he's like he like cue the Michael oh. Jordan meme where it's like and I took that personally <laughs> goes out there and has probably arguably the best season of his career just an absolute freak man he's like 36 um, and still just slinging it like a beast I oh, want a man Aaron um, Rodgers it uh, all right, I did want to talk about the Super Bowl. Do you see any way the Chiefs don't win? No. The the Chiefs, the Buccaneers starting corner, Antoine Winfield, is out with an ankle injury, I believe. No, their best safety, yeah. That's going to make it hard to cover uh, Travis Kelsey if your best guy on the inside can't do. Kyrie and Cole. They got a lot of dudes. They just have too many dudes. I love the Bucks. They're a lot of fun. I don't have a favorite NFL team. I'm not homering the Bucks. I swear to God, but I just—it's the Chiefs. Yeah. I would love. I do expect it to be a fun game. These are both fun teams that have a lot of fun players who make weird plays and cool stuff's going to happen. You should watch. I don't know, but Tom Brady has been here before. I, I think. I just think, even the, it, it's going to get in Tom Brady's head. He's just—I don't know. I feel like. I feel like, he's. He's, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Tom Brady, but he's, he's older. He's an older guy. Hey, Tom Brady, use this as fuel. Someone send this to Tom Brady. Give him the motivation. You remember that, uh, at that one image of Tom Brady holding up a four for fourth down at the end of that Chicago game in week five, was it? Yep. You know, he hasn't made huge mistakes like that since then, but no, he's he's been really good, especially in the playoffs. He has made against the Packers. He did almost single handedly lose the game in the second half. But he, uh, he's still Tom Brady, so he'll make he'll make he'll make plays. It'll be a fun game. But the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. I don't They're know. Not. I don't know if he he'll be able to do it with without his best friend, Billy Boy. <laughs> If he did, then he is like the unquestioned best individual player in this sport. If you base it on success, as opposed to like talent or something, that's a debate. That's a debate for another day, though. Do it with just with more than one coach, one on one franchise, one on one coach. Incredible, big time, big stuff coming your way. A new segment, one we are very excited to unveil. 
Playmakers of the Week. I'm so hyped for this. So every week we will nominate uh, four or five guys that we saw in the past week as our Playmakers of the Week from across the world of sports. Really got it off. Really kicked, uh, got it going. Uh, I'll start because I have, I think, one more guy than you do. Uh, last night, the United States men's national team played Trinidad and Tobago in a meaningless friendly against a completely overmatched opponent. Even with that being said, it's good to see us crush minnows. Regardless, the best player in that game, FC Dallas's Jesus Ferreira, two international goals, three assists, the young man from FC Dallas making plays. He is one of my playmakers of the week. All right, who's your first guy? My first guy is a guy that doesn't need any introduction because he's just been dominating front court for about two or three years now. And that is the one, the only Nikola Jokic. The Nuggets big man. He had a the great Nuggets. game, I think, yesterday. Didn't he have like 47 points? Yeah, he, he's been dropping upwards of 20. Um, he's been averaging maybe 20, 21 points. Um He's been doing really well. You got to give him some credit for that run last year. Mm-hmm. Um, what a unique player, right? Mm-hmm. No guy who looks like that should be that good at basketball. <laughs> like he, he had that one clip where he said, I, I, I don't move a lot because I don't move fast. <laughs> I don't run fast. That's so, right. you know, but when he says he doesn't move fast, but once he gets inside the paint, He's, he's got lightning feet. Mm-hmm. Quick feet. Great passer. All right, my number two guy. College lacrosse started this past weekend. I'll talk about it more as more games happen. Sorry, college lacrosse. Only two games happen. I don't have that much to say. But You'll have little segments with him talking about. Of course. Bro, once lacrosse gets on full swing, I got you covered. This is a lacrosse-friendly program. Regardless, Denver hosted Utah in the first big game of the season, if you will, and graduate senior ethan walker ewok the canadian sniper three goals and an assist to start off his uh, final campaign at du in their win over utah ethan walker is one of my playmakers of the week uh i only had two playmakers they were both nba i haven't been watching much soccer i would have picked one but um maybe next week uh the second one goes to malcolm brogdon of the indiana pacers uh, he's just seriously balled out. Him and Demantis Sabonis have really put the Pacers back in, you know. Keeping them afloat, keeping them rolling, keeping them chugging. People are talking about the Pacers with, you know, maybe Karis LeVert comes back and maybe they, you know, do something with that. Because last year they had a, what's his name, who went off in the bubble? Oh, TJ Warren? TJ Warren. I mean, Yeah, that was funny. Remember when he was a bubble star? That was funny. Yeah. So... Yeah. Malcolm Brock, fair shout, fair shout. Buck screwed up letting him go. All right, I do have one more name on my list. If you were on Twitter this past Saturday, this was trending, and I had to click it as soon as I saw it. From the Dutch Second League for Den Bosch against Excelsior, they were down 3-0 at halftime. They come back to win, to tie the game 4-4, all four goals scored by Jizz Horncamp. The superstar striker, Jizz Horncamp. Four goals in the second half, all after the 50th minute. 
superstar performance from Jizz. Do you have any other notes? No, that's it. <laughs> uh, we will have a poll, uh, I believe, on Twitter, maybe also on Instagram, TBD. You'll see information if you follow us on social. The links are there, I think. We'll I think. put our Instagram in the... It should be down there. There are, there yeah. are references. Hopefully the video works right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, if you are listening to this and not watching the video, I'll have a link in the description as well. So we'll have a poll. You can vote those five guys. We have Jesus Ferreira, uh, Nikola Jokic, Ethan Walker, Malcolm Brogdon, and Jizz Horncamp. Who is your playmaker of the week? Uh, do you have anything else you want to share, Neff, before we get out of here? No, I got, a, I got an open-ended question that the audience can you know, think about. All right. Is Giannis really the two-time MVP? Will he make it again? Question mark. You don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I don't think so. Let us know in the comments. You're not. You're not high on the Greek freak. I'm not high on the Greek freak this year. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Neff, send us out of here. All right. Thank you for watching or listening, whichever platform you're on. Uh, this has been the Playmakers Podcast. Um, really, every view every like we we gladly appreciate it share it around give a give a little link on twitter hey shout out uf uh men's club lacrosse giving us the love respect you guys Mm -hmm. Uh, thank you for listening and make sure to tune in next week for the playmakers podcast with topher and i all right thank you everybody Mm -hmm.